Hey, it's Kylie Unell. My podcast, 49 Days to Stretch My Soul, is airing each weekday between Passover and Shavuot and follows my daily journey to stretch my soul during these spiritual days. We also wanted to give unorthodox listeners a special weekly window into my Omer counting journey. So here's the past week on 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Monday. Hey, it's Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. We are in the last two weeks of counting the Omer. It's wild to believe that this process is almost over. As per usual, I have no idea what this week is really about. This week's attribute is Yisod, which is traditionally understood as connection and the roots or foundation of things. As I do every week, I'm turning to Dasi Zar, Sphere expert and co-director of Chabad House Bowery's young professional branch, Kihilas Atid, to help me understand this trait. Here is Dasi. Dasi, hello. Hi, Kylie. We are in a new week. We are. You're so We're almost done. I know. It's kind of crazy. It's not kind of. It's entirely crazy. It's absurd. I can't believe that it started and has happened (laughs) and that we're almost done with it. We're like receiving the Torah. We are in like... We're very close. A little over a week now. (laughs) Yeah. I hope I'm ready. You are. I don't know. Well, I don't know if I am because this week is Yisod. I know people laugh about it because it's sex and it's that which should not be spoken about, but also is foundation and also bonding and also relationships. What is Yisod? You're exactly right, but I would start by saying that Yisod is part of that center column that we talk about, right? So we said there's the right column of Chesed, there's the left column of Gvura, and there's that center column of Tiferet coming into that balance and harmony. Now, if we go down that center column, there's Tiferet, then there's Yesod and Malchu. And we said this center column is all about the integration. It's other-oriented. It's moving past the inner world, the inner dialogue, thoughts, and feelings, and moving into expression and connection. Because Tiferet was like harmony or balance. So Tiferet is about what is best for the experience that I'm experiencing right now. What are the needs of the moment? Mm-hmm. And now Yesod is about connecting to your audience, connecting to the person in front of you. really moving past any resistance, performance, anxiety that we have. So think of a comedian who's about to get on stage, right? There has to be a level of excitement. And this is where the sexual organs come in, how the Kabbalah explains every single limb is connected to one of the spherot. And like you said, you sort of connected to the sexual organs. So the sexual organs are also, there's a connotation of excitement you know, you're moving forward. So yeah. there's an excitement there. So um, think of it. Let's think of the comedian who's about to get on stage. There has to be this giddiness, this readiness, this willingness, this loss of inhibition, mm-hmm. letting go of fear and anxiety and almost surrendering to the experience, to be willing to connect to the audience, to make eye contact, mm. to speak to the audience, to figure out who is in the audience, right? They're usually like, oh, those New Jersey folks, you know, yeah. the armpit of the world, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, Some condescending joke about yeah, people exactly. in different places. And, and that builds connection because <laughs> yeah, it's way. funny, it's humor, it's twisted, but there's also a level of, I see you. Yeah. So Yasoda is very much about I see you, I'm connecting to you, I'm moving past my own inner fears for the sake of this connection. And that can be hard in a relationship, right? It takes vulnerability, it takes a willingness to move past our own experiences and narratives 
the limiting thoughts, beliefs, yeah. the doubts that we have about ourselves. So it takes a certain amount of confidence. And, you know, when we talk about intimacy, one of the forms of intimacy is the sexual experience. And it's the most intense physical experience. And it's really connection between the giver and the receiver. There is that synergistic experience there that's connecting and deeply bonding. Which could be physical, but could also just yes. be conversation. Exactly. It could be like you could feel any... that intense bond for sure in a dialogue. And I'm I'm starting to feel like there's a buildup now of all of the traits that have come before. Because this kind of reminds me of Chesed a little bit, but now we're focusing on people outside. That trait of compassion and expansiveness, which was at first geared towards ourselves, is now being moved to something outside of us. But in some way to get there, you need the buildup. You need the expansiveness, the restraint, the balance and meeting the needs of what is in front of you the endurance and the victory like you just need the that it's almost like a confidence building process yes and each week is something different and you feel I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing in the beginning of the week and then by the end I've kind of reached Netzach like I've reached a victory where I feel like I've kind of gotten it because I've spent a week with it and that build up I don't know it makes sense to get to this place where now we're coming into relating to others exactly full circle the beginning right we started with a mission and an ability to flow and expand into it. But we said it's still kind of theoretical. It's just confidence building. Yeah. But then we're making full circle next week. We're going to come into Malhut and it's like full-blown manifestation. How does it show up? What does it practically look like? Mm. There is a buildup. It's like the seven-step cycle to being able to fully receive the world around us. And fully receive the instruction guide, the, the foundation of the Jewish people, the Torah. Like, it's this double reception that's happening. That's the ultimate goal and purpose. You said it beautifully. I feel like as the weeks go on and we get more into this, I have fewer and fewer questions in some ways because this has been exhausting and daunting. And it's like moving up a mountain and learning all these new skills. And in the beginning, there's these basic questions that I had about what does it mean to be compassionate towards myself? And it was these really basic, like elementary questions. And now I feel like we're getting into chemistry or linear algebra or some topic. I'm taking all of the skills that I've gained from the last five weeks and now just applying them to something new. And in some way, I feel like I'm ready to just let go and do. Like at some point, you reach a point where you've thought enough and it's just about going out and doing. And now we're about connecting to others. That's exactly what Yesod is. Like you're feeling exactly what it is. We said Yesod is foundation. It is a foundational platform to now go out and do. Go out and do. The perception of Judaism, which I said at the very beginning of this, is that it is a religion of the mind. It's a people of the mind. It's people who have cultivated the mind, which is for sure true, but there's also such an element of do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this mirrors the the Jewish people in some ways. Like throughout history, there was this real cultivation of spirit and cultivation of mind through all of these historical events that happened to us. And now we're at a we're at a point in time that we've never seen before. We have more opportunity than ever before and it's it's almost like that cultivation period is now meeting the do like we're it's like we're in the yisod of life 100 percent. by the way kabbalistically there's seven 
Sphero, which connects to seven millennia. Mm. Seven is also connected to Shabbat. As we move through history, we're getting closer to Malchut, which is kingship, queenship, self-manifestation, glory. And then we're in Mashiach times. We're in pre-Shabbat mode. That's the energy right now. Yeah. It's like we're tasting the food and we're like, ready, let's go. Shabbat is here. Let's yeah. do it. I, like, I know Mal- Malchut is next <laughs> week and we're going to talk about it next week. But in some ways, it feels like I can't talk about Yisod without, like, Malchut feels so close. They are like, very connected. next week. If you look at the chart of the Sphero, you see that Yisod and Malchut are right, they're not like side by side. Yisod is right above Malchut. Mm. Yisod is a foundation for all of the other Sphirot, a vessel for all of them that gets funneled into Malchut. Yisod is like the ultimate bottom. We hit, we've hit the rock bottom, the foundation, sexual organ of intimacy. Mm. And then we come into Malchut. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about where Malchut is in the body. Yeah. Because you're oh. going to be pleasantly surprised. The feet? It's cool, right? <laughs> That's what you'd think. That's what I think. Hopefully I will be prepared for the final week of Sfirat Omer. I can't wait. And with that, I go into yet another week, the second to last week of Sfirat Omer, and learn what it means to bond. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Tuesday. Hey, it's Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Just like every Tuesday, today I am reading something to help me understand this week's attribute of Yisod, or connection and foundation. I'm turning to the words of one of my favorite Jewish thinkers, 20th century German-Jewish philosopher Martin Buber. In his book, I Am Thou, Buber writes of how the essence of life is relationships. We depend on relationships to know God. The way you choose to define your relationships with others will be reflected in the relationship you have with God. In the book, he writes, Only he who loves to learn men one by one reaches, in his relation to heaven, God as the God of all the world. He who does not love the world can only refer, in his relationship to God, to an equally solitary God or to the God of his own soul. For he learns to love the God of the universe, the God who loves his world, only in the measure in which he himself learns to love the world. The brilliant thing Buber is saying here is that how we relate to the world is how we relate to God. So if we're siloed off from people, we imagine God to be alone. What an incredible thing to say, and imagine what that means for most people today. If we're relating to people through social media to the extent that we are, that's not only influencing our minds, but the way that we imagine God. We are disconnected from people, but have this false sense of being connected. Consequently, we're disconnected from God and carry a false sense of being connected to him. I'm thinking soul cycle, astrology, loyalty to political party, things that make us feel like we're connected to something bigger when really we're just serving ourselves. True connection with human beings is what allows us to imagine a God that exists within the universe. Love of people helps us imagine a God that loves us. This text leaves me feeling excited about living because instead of feeling like I need to try to find God on my own, I can actually meet God all around me and the people I encounter all the time. I don't have to make any big changes or do anything drastic. Just living my life opens me up to meeting God. With that, tomorrow I'm going to go out and meet God through human connection. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Wednesday. 
Hey, it's Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Every week of this podcast, I have done something on my own. I practiced self-compassion, tested my discipline by lighting Shabbat candles on time, balanced my to-do list, tested my endurance recording this podcast, and talked to God on my own. Every week has been about me, but this week being Yisod, the attribute of bonding, connection, and getting deep into your roots, it's time for me to do something different. It's time for me to go out and connect with others. When I was a kid, my family moved around every four years or so. And since I moved to New York 10 years ago, I've lived in seven different apartments. However, I've somehow managed to stay in my current apartment for nearly six years. I've made some connections at places where I'm a regular, but there are so many people in my neighborhood who I've never met. For this week of Yisod, I set out to change that. So I went out to talk to some new people in my neighborhood. I have a podcast and I need one minute of audio asking you a question about connection. Would you be down to answer that question? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. The question is... Well, let's, let's put this trash. Yeah. <laughs> the, the comedian in me is like, yes. Let's do it. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. How do you understand connection and what role does it play in your life? Uh, um, when I'm with people and it like... There's like something there and I can't like a vibe almost like we like get each other yeah per se. like with my roommate how we like um, we just like know what we want and what we need by like not even saying anything or uh, with my mom how like when she'll she comes to town to see my shows and um, plug he's a comedian yes <laughs> she'll come to town and see my shows and like I'll notice just in me I'm a little bit more calm when she's there cool okay and so it affects you on like a physical level like you're yeah cool it's like a calm like my mom's here it's yeah. so nice I feel so good how do you understand connection and what role does it play in your life usually yes but not right now totally. so just we're you're on lunch break yeah, no 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 sorry. no you're good I see but two I nice people <laughs> it's taking you thinking about it that's okay Okay, so I think it depends on what you mean by connection, right? Yes. There's lots of different types of connection. There's yes. social connection, like virtual connection, the internet. Um, but I forgot, what was the question? How do you understand it? How do, like, I how understand, do you understand it? it? What do you think of it? I think, I think it's important for life. I think, you know, for me at least, I notice the times that I'm most happy are the times that I'm most interconnected with my friends and family and people I care about. Um, but even like during quarantine and stuff like when we had social media and we had zoom calls with friends and like stuff like that like it was so important to kind of stay connected with people especially in that time of isolation so i think it's just like it's crucial to like being human you know what i mean like connecting with other humans and shared life experiences stuff like that i think it's very important like i came to new york city in college as a biology major thinking i want to be a doctor now i'm trying to be a drag queen <laughs> so like again connection is very important yeah. i wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for meeting people to kind of show me the way and inspire me so yeah. crucial love that what's your name i'm cameron cameron i'm kylie i did get some great answers but then i talked to this woman who just happened to sit at a bench right next to me and said something that stayed with me. I don't look for connection very much outside of my immediate circle, like my family and my closest friends, because I think there is a lot of um, kind of fake attempt at, like, for example, at Starbucks just the other day, there was this big sign, and it was like, 
we want you to know that you're, we want you to feel seen here or something. <laughs> and my immediate thought was like, I don't want to be seen. I want my frigging coffee. Um, that being said, it is nice, reaffirming, pleasing, probably like soul lifting to, to interact with other people whom you don't know on a positive way. It's uplifting. Yeah. Do you I mean, like us not screaming at each other right now <laughs> is a form of connection. Yeah. It's also lovely that I don't think either of us expect very much from the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I much prefer this than to some corporation being like, oh, I love you. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I love it when corporations tie you know, me they, friendly. They're and like, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't know if that helped at all. I mean, it's a big question, and also this connection seems to be a new term. Mm. I think had you asked someone, like, that right? what are your feelings of connection, like, 20 years ago, they'd have told you about, like, their phone provider, or their, you know, like, connection... The, the idea of, like, interpersonal relationship or expecting anything from that is kind of a newer concept. Yeah, because we're so disconnected looking for it, or at least that's the narrative. Here's okay. If you have time, and this is not going to take forever, but one day, again, I was in Starbucks. This was 20 years ago. Connection was different, and Starbucks yeah. was the same. I was in Starbucks, and I had, for some reason, I don't know why, I had ordered two drinks. And maybe someone was meeting, I don't know. I just remember I had two drinks, and I was walking up to go sit in a stool, and I realized now I have these two drinks, and I can't. And there was a construction worker there. He's having a conversation on his cell phone. He's got his construction hat on. And he just reaches over, pulls out the chair, is on his phone, doesn't make eye contact with me or anything, pulls the chair out. And I was able to like sit down and put down my two drinks. And I was like, oh my God, I love that this person is like, reason I couldn't like- Oh, he pulled the chair out for you. The construction worker who's on his phone, appears to be oblivious to me, grabs the chair, pulls it back. (laughs) Not even looking. Not even look, not like, hey babe, not trying for anything. Just like the Mm. simple understanding that another human being five feet away needed some help and provide the smallest task. But I mean, God, it must have been like 30 years later. I'm still like, oh my God, that was the most like. But it was. It was like, that's what we need out of life, men, everything. You know what I mean? Like, why can't there just be more, like, just basic, like, helpful people that can recognize. I felt seen. Yeah. (laughs) In a way, Starbucks would never have accepted. I felt seen as in I needed someone to pull out my chair for me. Mm. That's really profound. It's just a heightened awareness of the people around you. That's all that it is. And a willingness to exert yourself on a very, very small level. Yeah. And potentially, potentially not be appreciated. Yeah. But who cares? Because what you're not offering, you're not offering a limb. Yeah. You know, so that's exactly he didn't even, what He wasn't even like, please thank me. He just no, opened it without. Whatever it is. Blah, 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 pulls the chair, blah, 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 blah. It's not the connection that we think we need or you have to start up a conversation and like create a friend. It's just somebody doing something, something small. discovered on an 86 feet Starbucks on the east side. <laughs> that was it. That was the moment. Oh, that's perfect. That actually, thank you. I didn't expect to get as much out of this week as I got. 
I was really nervous about going up to people and talking to them, but there was something nice about striking up a conversation around the topic of connection while connecting with them. The biggest takeaway was that connection does not have to be some big, deep thing. It's enough to do something simple for another person. Say hi, pull out a chair. It feels nice to see and be seen, and that's a big part of connection. Stay tuned for tomorrow when I talk to somebody thinking differently about the most important relationships in our lives. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Thursday. Hey, it's Kylie, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. This week, being all about connection and being in relationship with people, I'm talking to somebody who has a very unique take on the most important relationships in our lives. Today, I'm talking to Raina Cohen, a journalist and the producer and editor for NPR's Enterprise Storytelling Unit. In 2020, she wrote an article that grabbed attention in The Atlantic, titled, What If Friendship, Not Marriage, Was at the Center of Life? That laid the groundwork for her forthcoming book, More Than Friends, in which she explores platonic partnerships that challenge the reign of romantic relationships and the ideas of intimacy we've inherited in the 21st century. Raina spends her time thinking about relationships, so I can't imagine a better person to illuminate the attribute of Yisode for me more than her. Here's my conversation with Raina. Hi, Raina. Hi, great to talk to you. So on the topic of connection, you are somebody who's really fascinating. You have a very fascinating approach to connection, and I love your approach so much, and I think what you're doing is very countercultural. So just to give some background for people listening, you wrote an article in The Atlantic in 2020 on friendships that were more than friendships, but less than marriage, but like this kind of middle ground, really, I guess, affectionate friendships. Part of the article is grappling with the lack of terminology for these kinds of relationships, but you really explore relationships and intimacy and connection and I think what you what you bring out is the importance of it so can you talk to me about how you got into studying friendships connection in general and what it means to you so the specific subject of what I'm now calling platonic partnerships just to kind of put some kind of cogent label on it um, that came out of a friendship that I have and uh, that seem to defy categories both to me and, and to the person who I now consider my best friend. And I wanted to kind of understand what these friendships looked like. I knew that there is historical precedent for a friendship being much more intimate, affectionate, kind of like life-shaping than a lot of people expect it to be now. And I also knew in high school, I saw an example of this kind of friendship. In college, I saw another example. So I kind of knew they existed and I wanted to find more more people who, who had these sorts of uh, relationships. But I think more broadly, like I, you know, before this project, people who knew me well, like defined me in part by my desire to, I would say like friend blend or be a friend pusher, like make my friends friends with each other. Or I had just thinking about one friend I made in grad school where I told her I had a friend crush on her. I'm like a pretty forward person in the in these sorts of things. And if I want to get to know somebody, I try to do that. So I think in my personal life, I probably think more than the average person does about platonic relationships. And the sort of other part of this is that I have a background in the social sciences, first on the like ac- academic sort of research side, um, and then as a journalist covering the social sciences. So I'm, I'm really interested in 
all sorts of questions about human beings and how we relate to one another. And I think just sort of fundamentally so much of where we get our meaning from and you know, just fundamental satisfaction comes from the close relationships in our lives and that friendship is one area where it's really overlooked how much we can can get from, from those sorts of relationships. Yeah, it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately because I have been working with intimacy and connection and really deepening my connections with the people who are already in my life, talking to the people who I wave to in my neighborhood but have never actually gotten their name or really taking that extra step and also meeting new people and then asking them out for coffee. And I found what what you covered in this article and in your forthcoming book was very close relationships, people who were like akin to siblings, marriage part, like life partners. But I think in like some middle space gray area, we don't really have the tools to deepen friendships. Like I'm finding it confusing because it's kind of like dating. It's like reaching out to these new friends and going out for dinner and being nervous about whether they like me or not feels almost the same as dating, but it's something really different. And and it's confusing and it's really pointing out to me that we don't have I don't know, there's something missing. I don't know if it's in our language, in our culture. Have you like I I, I feel like you've thought about this. Yeah, I think one of the questions for me is how do you get from being a kind of casual friend in someone's life, like someone you really like being around to somebody who you are really close to? And part of that is just like clocking a lot of hours with each other. And if you think about like where have some of the closest friends in your life come from or where have you made close friends in a short period of time, those are often summer camp or a school setting, college, where there is, you you kind of have an excuse to be seeing people constantly. And I see, in, at least in like the very limited kind of urban professional context that I'm familiar with, that people have kind of a limit on how much they're, they think is acceptable to ask someone to, you know, to hang out. I got very lucky and bypassed that with my, you know, with my best friend. And part of it was that we discovered that we lived a five minute walk from each other. So it just made a lot of casual interaction easy, but that's just not the case usually. So I think what you're, it, it sounds like what you're pointing to is that you've met people that you like, but then how do you actually turn that person into somebody who's significant? Um, and it doesn't mean that they are, they necessarily have to be on par with your boyfriend in your life, but like not just a casual friend. I think that that's, it is a challenge. And I did like one other example of me being like weirdly forward with friends is, is early in, in moving to DC where I now live. I told a friend of mine that I decided that I was like not going to try to make a gazillion friends. Like that was not important to me that I really wanted to kind of hone in on four or five people who I really wanted to become close to. And I told her like, I wanted one of those people to be her. And um, I think she was very touched by that. And then subsequently, like, left DC, like, or a few a few months later. But it, it totally, she was saying to me recently that it totally changed her, how she saw our friendship and that it made it much more important for her to keep in touch because she understood, like, how I saw the significance of our friendship. So I think the moral of the story is being okay with maybe sometimes making bold overtures. There's not a script in the way that there is for romantic relationships, and it's not like a series of dates that where there's some kind of sense of what is going to happen. So you either have to be okay with the sort of passive, I don't know, hopefully things work out, or or making proclamations or something or invitations where there's a chance of being rejected, but there's also like a chance that you get to be close in a way that wouldn't happen otherwise. Right. And what you do that's very unique is you go after deep relationships, 
which is something that I think a lot of millennials are averse to. Maybe I'm, it's a blanket statement, but I know I have a lot of friends, but the deep, deep relationships, those are harder to cultivate in some ways. But I'm wondering, where did this come from? Where did this impulse to have close friends and this approach to connection come from? I don't know is the answer. It was not like a value particularly that I saw in my family. Yeah, I've been trying to think through a little bit, like how did this happen? I think some of it is personality. Like I just think I'm outgoing and have kind of always been as long as I can remember. And then there's some things that are probably circumstantial that I, like my parents were both commuted. I grew up in New Jersey for a lot of my childhood. They both worked in New York and I lived on a cul-de-sac and like I would just be playing outside until it got dark out. And I was always the kid who was over other people's houses and sleeping over other people's houses. And I was just very used to kind of being a constant presence in other people's homes. So I don't I don't know, like what, other than that was just like how things <laughs> shook out. But really, as long as I can remember, I've like friendship has meant a lot to me. And it that wasn't necessarily a reflection of, I think, messaging that I got or like seeing that my parents have really close friends or anything of that sort. Part of it when I was older is that I didn't think it was super likely that I was going to meet somebody that I wanted to be with very, like when I was very young and I was, did not date very much in college. I miraculously met the person I'm now married to at 22. Um, but that was like, I really didn't expect that. Yeah. I don't know. You can get a whole bunch of things like being a feminist wasn't cool. And I didn't think I would like find, I was like only interested in men at the time. And I thought that I would like not, it would be really hard to find somebody. And I think it just made me more interested in investing in friendships than I maybe would have otherwise. And what, What's the significance of relationships for you? What virtue do you gain from connection and from being in relationship with people, forming connections with people the way you do? I was reading a book that probably a lot of your listeners have read, The Body Keeps the Score. For context, the book is about people who have experienced trauma and kind of are the the way the psychiatry has treated trauma over the decades. And he, he sort of talks about the ways that people have experienced trauma, become really disconnected and unable to form relationships. And it really, it's destabilizing not to be able to have close trusting relationships. And he has some line about how, yeah, medicine might be able to help, but we need to remember the foundations of our humanity and I think that was a phrase, the foundations of our humanity. And then he said something along the lines of like the like close relationships that give life meaning. And so I think that that is kind of why I care about the book that I'm writing about and why I care about friendship and, and kind of novel approaches to relationships in my, you know, personal and professional life. I think we learn about ourselves through relationships. I think they motivate us to, you know, sometimes it can be in allowing us to reflect inwardly. Sometimes it's the motivation to go and create things. To me, like close relationships give give life shape and it gives motivation. And, you know, it's the way that you you give and receive care. Yeah, I, I wish I had a poetic answer, but it's like kind of every, everything is what you get from close relationships. I was talking to Sarah Hurwitz yesterday and we were talking about struggles and and writing is something that I love to do. I'm in a PhD program right now, so it's something that I have to do a lot of and it's a, one of the deepest sources of pain and suffering for me. And I was telling her how I like I, I have this belief that I have to do it alone. I have to do this alone. It has to be perfect the first time I have to like it, it just is it's it's 
an independent endeavor and it's something that I cannot do with people. And she was like, Kylie, you're crazy. Like, I didn't realize that was a situation. You're absolutely crazy. That's not possible. Like, that's trying to do surgery on yourself. You can't do it. You have to have people doing this. And she was the first person to awaken me to this process of working with people and the necessity of having people weigh in on your work. Like, I I don't know where exactly I got this from, but the sense that you have to do things alone. I have a single mom, I'm black and I'm Jewish. Like I think there's a sense you have to work hard to get to where you want to be. And that's, that's kind of my history. But the reality is you can't do anything without people. I guess the reality that I'm learning is you can't do anything without people. And, and it's a farce to think that you can. One of my mantras is to outsource willpower So most mornings, if I'm going to write, I check in on Zoom with a friend of mine who's a fiction writer, and we we like every couple hours sort of set goals, and I I have a bunch of things like that in co-working sessions, and I I mean, I've had instances where I'm able to completely set my schedule and motivate myself, but it is both harder and less pleasant than doing it with other people. And then I have another friend who really instilled with me the idea of shitty first drafts, and I think you need to find people who who you trust, believe that you are a reasonably intelligent human being that you can pass off an early draft to and they can tell you what's wrong with it or what's good about it. And then you can keep moving through the process because if you keep trying to kind of perfect something, you're you're inevitable, you're just one brain and you know the material too well. So I'm I'm very pro incorporating other people into the process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning. Um okay, this is probably a hard question but I'm going to go for it anyway what is one life-changing lesson you've learned from being in relationship with other people your connections to people I was just exchanging voice memos with my best friend about experiences where we that we have had where we have felt loved or appreciated by somebody for characteristics that are not the primary things we value about ourselves So an example being like intellectual capabilities and how we steer conversation in interesting ways and and like encountering people who seem to admire something. It's not that they maybe don't admire that, but that's just sort of not the primary thing. And what my best friend was saying is that it it shows us the the expansiveness of of how much we could we could love ourselves or just kind of that that there are things that we don't even see ab- about ourselves uh and i yeah i that's just something i recently you know learned i guess both that framing and that close relationships have the capacity to show us uh sides of ourselves that are that might be hidden or or at least really down on the ladder in in how we conceive of who we are Mm, yeah, I love that so much. This week I read Martin Buber. I don't know if you've read I Am Thou. He's a German Jewish philosopher. And his his core idea in this text is that relationships with human being determine how it is you relate to God and how it is you understand God. So if you love people, then you imagine a God who loves people. If you're isolated, you imagine a God who's isolated or that's isolated. And and I think what you're saying is is similar to that. So I I appreciate you connecting those points unwittingly. And I'm really grateful to you for illuminating the power of relationships and connection and helping me think deeper about this. And also just for the work that you do. It's it's really countercultural. I think we need more people exploring relationships and 
making those more complex as opposed to there's friendship, there's romance, there's, like everything's in boxes and it's a lot messier than that. And you're doing something incredible by bringing that into, into the light. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks, Reina. It was beyond refreshing to meet someone as intentional about her friendships as Rena. I can say for myself that friendship has always been a confusing category. There are a lot of people who I like in the world, but what makes someone a friend? That's for me to think about more, but what I loved about what Raina said was the way our relationships offer an opportunity for self-reflection. More on that and the rest of my reflections on Yisod tomorrow as I wrap up the sixth week of the Omer. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Friday. Hey, it's Kylie, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Like every week, I challenge myself in entirely new ways. Yisod was all about relationships. I took myself out of my usual habit for Sfirata Omer and shifted the focus away from me and onto the people around me. In the end, the focus was not shifted away from myself. It was still entirely on me. But other people were channels for helping me see myself. I began this week thinking that Yisod was about being rooted and having foundation. I took that to mean that this week was about the past, the people that are my roots and have helped me get to where I am today. I originally thought I was going to look into the past and get to know my ancestors, but after talking to Dasi, my perspective changed. This week wasn't about the past as much as it's about my relationships in the present. It's worth saying that each sphere has so many different sides. So although relationships were my end for this week, that doesn't mean it's the only way. Dasi showed me that this week is about the relationships in our life and the connections we make and maintain. Martin Buber illuminated that point for me with his philosophy of God. Seeing my relationship to relationships and connection as something that shapes my relationship with God completely changed the way I look at connections. The truth is, I had always seen them as something that served me. I am a social butterfly, but I also have social anxiety. I worry about what I'll say in an interaction and how I'm showing up in a connection with somebody. That speaks volumes about my relationship with God. And as you heard last week in my Heat Bodadut work, That relationship is one that I think about, or avoid thinking about, a lot. So when somebody comes along and says that your relationships are the key to experiencing God differently, I listen. And let me say, Martin Buber was totally right. Talking to new people around my neighborhood and really listening to them gave me an entirely new perspective on relationships. I sat there listening to what somebody had to teach me. I opened myself up to learning about them, which also makes me think about how brilliant it is that the week of Yisod comes after humility. When you become comfortable living with the questions and surrendering the need for answers, you're able to connect with people more honestly and openly and really hear what they're telling you as opposed to being consumed with yourself in conversation with them. Most importantly, I learned that connections of all kinds are important and that there really is no one relationship that is more essential than another. Reina was key in helping me understand that. Something in particular that I loved from our conversation was Reina's focus on friendship and her belief that they need to be taken as seriously as the other relationships in our lives. You can extrapolate that out to all the other relationships we have. In today's culture, we're missing the innocence of connection and we've lost the sense of value that they add to our lives. 
personal connections are needed now more than ever. That doesn't make connection easy. It's not. But one thing that I have noticed every week is that when I focus on a particular trait, the world opens up for me to learn about whatever that trait is. This week it was connection. Next week it will be queenliness with our final week of Sirata Omer, the week of Malchut. That's it for 49 Days to Stretch My Soul this week. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get the daily version. Forty Nine Days to Stretch My Soul is a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Kylie Unell, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Josh Cross, Quinn Waller, Robert Scaramuccia, and Sara Fredman Ader. Our team includes Stephanie Butnick, Leah Leibovitz, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. Please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. For more of me, you can follow at Kylie Unell on Instagram. For more information about this or any other of Tablet's podcasts, visit tabletmag.com slash podcasts.